So tomorrow is National Mutt Day. Aww. There are any number of various canine days observed through the year. And tomorrow is National Mutt Day. And I wanted to use the occasion to talk about mutts and animals and other such people. I was just going to talk about dogs and how to let them help us make our way through a seemingly ever more troubled world. But once I started to research the topic, it just kept expanding and expanding to include fish and ants and earthworms, birds, wolves, whales, and all the other creepers and critters with whom we share the world. There were so, so many readings that I wanted to share with you Many from my own books, because animals are a favorite book topic of mine also. I spent much of my week delighting in learning and relearning and enjoying stories about animals of all kinds. And then I took a breath, brained myself in, and we're mostly going to talk about our dog friends today. But because humor is also a favorite topic of mine, I did have to move beyond just dogs to address the fact that many animals apparently enjoy humor and play and fun, as indicated in my, my readings this morning. I love the story of the elephant playing practical jokes on his handler, and it is not at all hard for me to believe. Play is a part of the evolutionary process, part of how creatures, including human creatures, learn to socialize and learn some survival skills, how they develop imaginations, and how we all simply pass time on occasion. So many animals we have come to discover think, feel, plan, remember, have insight, dream, and are so much more like us humans than many of us have wanted to acknowledge or believe down through the centuries. Although why that is so, I could not guess. But let me try. Perhaps for some, acknowledging the depth and breadth of animals' reality and abilities makes them, humans, feel lesser than in some way. Perhaps it makes it harder for some to justify the use and abuse of animals if they acknowledge their human-like qualities to think and anticipate and grieve. And I'm not going to speculate further because it tends to make me feel quite impatient with people, at least some people. I was, though, going to mention the Bible verse stating that God gave man dominion, and not woman, of course, just man, gave man dominion over the animals, and the practice of some humans to use that verse as an excuse to mistreat animals. But in researching that biblical verse, I was pleasantly surprised by an article by Barrett Duke. Duke, who is the executive director of the Montana Southern Baptist Convention, and not someone I ever thought I would quote, wrote a quite pleasing article stating some of the following, that God created animals and declared their creation to be good, that God communicates with animals and enjoys them and is concerned about their well-being, that animals are reasoning creatures, that they are able to enjoy life, 
that they have spiritual awareness and that they teach us about the nature of justice. Duke supports these statements with various biblical verses, mostly from the Hebrew scriptures, and I have to say it was a surprising and refreshing read. At any rate, between Duke and me and all the authors I read in preparing for this morning's sermon, animals have an esteemed place in the world for many people, and this is more likely true of household pets with whom we share our day-to-day -day existence. Dogs, cats, birds, ferrets, rabbits, hamsters, fish, mice, they all have various places in many of our lives, and all are more able and capable, science tells us, than we've ever before believed. My favorite co-human is dogs, our dogs, is dog. I love cats too, but a number of years ago developed a slight allergy to them, so I made dogs the official members of my household. I'm not going to go on and on about my two dogs, Shay, my old soul pup, and Harper, my eternal adolescent. But I will say that I learned much from them and would have a third dog if I had the room for one. Um, I often go to the shelters and look at dogs intending to get a third one. And then I call Jeannie Ortman, who's not here today, and say, Jeannie, I'm at the shelter, I need to get a third dog. And she says, Beth, go home right now. The go home. And I do. Um, Jeannie used to work with dogs and cats. I also, as an aside, should tell you, I would add a goat and a pig <laughs> to the family plan if I could. But alas, one must be practical, right? So I learned much from my four-legged fur babies, and they from me as I talk with them about the events of the world and in my life. They listen attentively as I chat and allow me to present their side of a topic as well as my own when we talk. Did I mention that dogs are very generous people too? So let me give you an example. Me. Oh my gosh, girls, have you ever heard a more stupid remark by a politician? Could there ever have been a more ignorant politician in the history of this country? Shay, no mommy, so ignorant makes me want to vomit. <laughs> Harper, me too, me too, me too, mommy, I'm gonna throw up too, let's go outside. <laughs> or another example, Shay, Mommy, you're singing in that high, screechy voice again. Could you sing pretty? Me. Oh, I'm sorry. Yes, of course. What would you like to hear? Harper. Do we get a treat if we sing along? <laughs> and so it goes. I am a little wacky. You know that. And I enjoy being wacky, especially when it's just me and my pups. We have a wacky household. I also think a lot of people are a little wacky when it comes to their pets, especially if wacky means talking to them. Beth and Catcher 
in their book, Between Pets and People, report that, quote, nearly 99% of our clients at the University of Pennsylvania Veterinary Clinic said that they talked to their pets. And 80% said that they talked to the animals in the same way that they talked to people. Well, of course. One owner said, well, when we are walking, I just talk to him about what's going on. I ask him if he saw that other dog or knew what that person was doing. The authors continue, another client said, I talk to my cats when I get home just about what happened during the day. I don't get a chance to talk to anyone else about it because it sounds too much like complaining. My cats, they don't mind. And another put it more simply, I just talk. Just what's in my head, like I was talking to myself. Only I don't feel like I'm nuts because the dog listens. <laughs> Seems like an ironic statement. Unless you're a dog lover. And now, too, please remember, this is 80 to 99% of all people with pets, so don't judge. The dogs listen. People who live alone often communicate with their pets just as a matter of course. I often wonder if I didn't have my dogs, would I still talk as much around the house? Probably not, because as the man said in the preceding paragraph, the dogs listen. The same authors write that the conversation with a pet often involves confiding in the pet and that some, more often children of course, believe that the pet understands them. I don't think that's terribly far-fetched. My dogs certainly read my mood, if not my thoughts. When I'm happy and excited and energized, they smile more, and dog lovers know what I mean by that. They wag their tails more and more often run around expectantly as if in my excitement we are all going to share some special joy. When I am sad or just contemplative, they stay close, but quietly so. My pups give me hope when the world gets just too crazy. They likely pick up from my mood, my anxiety or despair, and they make room for it, but they don't give in to it. It's as if they say, yes, mommy, the world may end tomorrow, but it's still light out. Can we go for a walk? Dogs live in the moment, and wisely so, as the moment, this one moment right now, is all we have. It's all any of us have. Though as responsible people, we must do some planning in our lives, if we could adopt the in-the-moment spirituality of our dogs, we would be the better for it. And I use the term spirituality intentionally. While I don't know that my dogs have any sense of spirituality, I don't know that they don't either. And the idea is not as out there as we might think. An article in a National Geographic special said that some animals may possess a spiritual-like awe and wonder in their lives. And I quote from that article, among the chimpanzee behaviors documented by primatologist Jane Goodall, perhaps the most extraordinary involves males who carefully approach a local waterfall, moving rhythmically and throwing rocks into the churning water before sitting in contemplation. They also dance 
at the beginning of thunderstorms, unquote. That is quite amazing, although not, for me at least, beyond the pale. Who is to say? Research is teaching us more and more about animals and helping us to believe that they are far more evolved, far more able and capable than we have ever believed. And spirituality, at least as many Unitarian Universalists understand it, is infinite and without boundaries. When I see an eagle soaring or hear a cardinal singing, it can be a very spiritual experience for me, and I am not willing to denounce that possibility beyond the human experience. Okay, now I feel as if I am rambling a bit, a little bit all over the map. There's so much to say on this topic. But what I want to say in this sermon is that life is hard right now. Really, really hard, even for those of us blessed with homes and food and family and friends. Life is scary in so, so many regards. And yet, there is good. There is good, too. Good and love and generosity abound, even in the midst of greed and prejudice and hatred. Staying in the moment, as our dogs so capably do, even as they remain attuned to those around them and ever ready for an adventure, is probably a good way to live. We can't fix everything, but we can acknowledge our feelings and then move into the moment and away from despair. We must anticipate joy in whatever ways we can, and as our dog friends teach us, just keep on wagging. May it ever be so, and amen.